0: Well, I had another message prepared for you tonight, but this passage has been pressing upon my heart this week and I I feel very strongly that I ought to preach on this passage tonight. We're taking a break from our old covenant series and we were intending to do so anyway, as we finished our study of the Old Covenant calendar last week and then I'm going on vacation until September. There was no point starting another little sub-series in our Old Covenant study. So tonight is just a standalone sermon here in Second Chronicles chapter 20. And it's an amazing story as I just read from 2 Chronicles 20 verses one to 30. What we see in this passage is a great army coming up Against Judah and we know that it wasn't a number coming up against Judah that Judah could easily handle themselves the desperation with which they pray shows that they, they did not view this as something that they could manage they did not view this as something that they could handle. And so, the report comes in, a great multitude is coming against you from Edom, from beyond the sea. Behold, they are in Hazazan Tamar, that in En-Gedi. Then Jehoshaphat, who was the king, was afraid. This was something that they could not manage, something that they could not handle. And Judah assembled. Or pardon me. Then then Jehoshaphat was afraid. Listen. And set his face to seek the Lord. And proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah assembled to seek help from the Lord. From all the cities of Judah. They came to seek the Lord. Some of you know that I like the sport of mixed martial arts you may know the three letters UFC better than you know the three letters MMA MMA is the sport mixed martial arts UFC is the most prominent well-known league which facilitates that sport all right I watch UFC but I'm not as big a fan of the league as I am of the sport. The reason I'm not such a big fan of the league is they use sex to market their league with scantily clad women. They reward rather than punish their athletes who conduct themselves in ungodly ways during interviews. If someone in Major League Baseball or soccer or football or whatever else were to conduct themselves carrying on and saying the kinds of things that fighters say in interviews they would be fined suspended for a few games and so on and so forth but the UFC just allows it first of all and in fact even incentivizes it by giving the fighters a bigger share of the paycheck when the pay-per-view ratings go up, and the pay-per-view ratings go up when the guys conduct themselves like this. So, I'm not a big fan of the way the UFC does business. All right, I don't condone everything about the UFC, but I think the sport, combat sports, is legitimate. It's, in fact, an analogy that even the Apostle Paul draws from. When he talks about wrestling, when he talks about boxing, he's talking about early combat sports and in MMA, if a guy gets punched or kicked very hard and finds himself kind of reeling, they say he got rocked and he's not quite out of the fight yet but he's he's a little wobbly. What he has to do in training and in preparing to fight is train and shape his instincts to do the right thing in that sort of situation. If the average person gets rocked like that in some kind of street fight, they're probably just done for. There's no coming back. But when one of these professional athletes who has trained and prepared for just a moment as this gets rocked, you can't count them out just yet, they may have prepared their instincts in such a way so as to weather the storm and get through it and somehow salvage a victory. What we see in this passage before us tonight in 2 Chronicles 20 is an instinct worth training ourselves to emulate. When this great multitude comes up against Jehoshaphat, and we read that Jehoshaphat was afraid, what's the very next thing that we read? Verse 3. Then Jehoshaphat was afraid and set his face to seek the Lord. When Jehoshaphat was wobbly, When Jehoshaphat was rocked, what was the first thing Jehoshaphat did? He set his face to seek the Lord. This was a man who responded instinctually, intuitively, the right way. The way that he ought to have, the way that he should have. As soon as he got afraid... As soon as he came up on a situation that he couldn't handle, the first thing that he did was set his face to seek the Lord. He proclaims a fast and the whole nation assembles to seek help from the Lord. And Jehoshaphat prays. Let me read the prayer in its entirety again. O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. In your hand are power and might, so that none is able to withstand you. He reverses who God is. And then he says, did you not, our God, drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants Of Abraham your friend he rehearses God's promises and they have lived in it and have built for you in it a sanctuary for your name saying if disaster comes upon us the sword judgment or pestilence or famine we will stand before this house and before you for your name is in this house and cry out to you in our affliction and you will hear and say. He rehearses God's attachment of Himself to His people, and the fact that God's name is wrapped up in how His people fare. The glory of God's name is at stake. And now behold the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel invade when they came from the land of Egypt, whom they avoided and did not destroy. Behold, they reward us by coming to drive us out of your possession,
1: which you have given us
0: to inherit. O oh God, O oh our God, will you not execute judgment on them? He rehearses the injustice that is happening here. Judah hasn't picked a fight with these guys. In fact, When they're going in to take possession of the land, the Lord did not allow them to trouble these nations. But here, these guys are coming to pick a fight now with Judah. We are powerless against this great horde that is coming against us. Again, just to reiterate, this is not something that they could handle on their own. And then look what he says here. We do not know what to do. But our eyes are on you this man's instinct when he came up on a situation he could not handle was to rehearse who God is what God had promised to remind himself that God had attached the glory of his name to the welfare of his people and then he goes to God with these things in prayer and he presents his requests before God and he asks God to intervene on his behalf and on behalf of the nation over which he is king and he admits we do not know what to do he doesn't come bringing suggestions to the table he doesn't come with 75% of a solution and saying, Lord, I need some help filling in the blanks here. I've got a response plan, but there's a few little details I haven't yet been able to work out. Can you help me with this? He comes to the Lord desperate. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. This is an instinct worth training ourselves to emulate. So that when we find ourselves in a situation that we simply cannot handle, our first instinct is to set our face to seek glory. To rehearse who God is, the promises He's made, to remind us that God has attached the glory of His name to our welfare. And to present our request to Him in prayer. What a great phrase to memorize from the bible we do not know what to do but our eyes are on you you're probably going to come up on such disorienting painful difficult circumstances in your life at some point that these words would come in real handy Lord I don't know what to do but my eyes are on you or if you're called to lead in prayer publicly in a situation like this, or to, to lead or to shepherd someone else, or to sit with them and minister to them as they go through something, you might, you might use that same word, we, we do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. We see in this passage that the Lord fought this battle. on behalf of Judah. We see that the Lord set an ambush against this great horde. It caused them to fight amongst themselves and just destroy one another. We see that when Judah couldn't come through for, their, for themselves and for their own sake, when they couldn't deliver themselves, the Lord delivered them. If you're familiar with your Bibles, You know full well that this is not an isolated incident. You know full well, if you're familiar with your Bibles, that there are lots and lots of times when the people of God could not deliver themselves and God came through for them. And you know full well, if you're familiar with your Bibles, that that is the ultimate story of the Bible. That there was a problem that we couldn't deliver ourselves from. Which is that we are sinners, guilty and miserable, as the old confessions and catechisms put it, fallen in Adam, liable to God's wrath, not even in a pitiable state. We couldn't propitiate God's wrath against us. We couldn't cause ourselves to get a fresh start and a new life and to become good again having become evil. But when we couldn't deliver ourselves the Lord came through for His people. And the Lord fought that battle on our behalf. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. God rescued us from that perishing which was otherwise to be our life. God caused us to be born again to a living home. God raised us with Christ to walk in newness of life. God is at work in us even as we've been meditating over the last few Sunday mornings. Helping us to say no to the desires of the flesh. And to walk by the Spirit, to be led by the Spirit, to keep in step with the Spirit having been brought to life by the Spirit. We could not deliver ourselves. We could not come through for our own defense, for our own survival, for our own flourishing. But the Lord delivered us. The Lord came through. Listen, over and over and over again in the Bible, We read of situations like what we read about in 2 Chronicles 20, where the Lord's people couldn't deliver themselves. We read about that ultimate story where we could not deliver ourselves from our guilt and misery, and the Lord delivered us, the Lord came through for us. God has been His people's help in ages past. We have a written record of it. We should read, mark, learn, inwardly digest as the Anglican Book of Common Prayer says training ourselves and preparing ourselves for the next time and it will come when there is something happening in your life that you can't handle. So that your first instinct, your first response when you get rocked, when you get wobbled, when you become afraid, will be to set your face to seek the Lord. To cry out to Him in prayer, rehearsing who He is, what He's promised. Reminding yourself that His glory is wrapped up in the way that He cares for you and follows through on His commitment to you. You might even cry out to Him these exact words, Oh Lord, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on You. O oh God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come, be Thou our guide while life shall last, and our eternal home. Prepare yourself to take this disposition, to respond with this instinct. when a situation arises that you cannot deliver yourself from.